Hello there, welcome to Talent and Growth. I'm your host, Paul Church, and I cannot believe this is the penultimate episode of 2023. We are nearly at the end of the year. How has this happened? How did we get here? I just don't know, but we've got a good episode today. I know that. We are joined by Imba, who is the people lead at Pulego. And the conversation is really focused on that people perspective on how we can get the most value out of our people in the business, both in terms of uh, from an individual's point of view, but also from a commercial point of view as well. And just a really, really interesting conversation with a fantastic person who really knows her stuff. And I think there's lots of takeaways here for any business looking to get the best out of the people in their company and create a really high performance-based culture. Um, so let me know what you think. Here's the conversation. Just before today's episode, let me direct you to metaview.ai. It is the AI note-taking tool built for interviews and intakes. It is your one-stop shop. It means you never have to take notes again on a screening or interview. It means all the notes are exact. No detail will be missed. Check it out. Metaview.ai. Change your life. 10% off. You mentioned talent and growth. Here's today's episode. Imbar, welcome to Talent and Growth. How are you doing? Hi, thank you for inviting me. I'm doing really well. Good, absolute pleasure. Uh, and a great place to start, as always, would be, if you wouldn't mind, kicking off and telling us a bit about who you are, what you do, and your journey to what you do now. Sure. So um, I think I'll just start with something that, for me, was a, a really, um, not necessarily epiphany, but like a really important moment in my life when I was writing my own thesis about how social support enhances performance. And I think at that point, I realized how powerful an environment can be for some people, um, whether it's, you know, the social support that you're getting, whether it's, um, you know, your family members that care about you, whether it's a proper work culture, a role you're in, support from colleagues, all of those things, the environment um, basically dictates if you thrive or not. And ever since then, that's what I'm trying to do in my career. So for the last 10 years, holding many roles in HR um, and trying to kind of instill these principles of support, whatever that looks like in every company. And I think for me, and I know I'm starting like with the topic uh, straight in, but I think for me, it just could be something very simple as telling people, I'm here for you if you need me, or I'm here to listen, or what can I do to help you? Tell me. Uh, and trying to kind of obviously support it. So it doesn't necessarily need to be something big, but I think at that point in my life, I realized that's what I want to do. I want to help people thrive. I want to create the conditions and the environment um, for them to be able to fulfill their potential. Um, and I'm very lucky to have been able to do that ever since. And currently, I'm holding the people lead role uh, at Perlego, leading kind of the people remit side of things and really enjoying every minute of it. And on a personal note, I'm also a mom of two beautiful kids uh, that makes me really happy. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks for sharing that. And look, I think your your passion for this topic really shone through when we met the first time. So I was excited to have this conversation with you. So can, can you begin, by, I suppose, by explaining why focusing on getting the most value out of people? And what we mean by that is crucial for a business. Yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, what does business want? You know, a business wants to be successful, right? It doesn't matter where it's a charity that needs to kind of fulfill its mission or a tech company that needs to generate more revenue, or even if it's like a one-woman show, right? She's a freelance and she needs to uh, get the work in. Whatever the business is, you want to make sure that you're fulfilling your purpose, your mission, um, and in order to do that, you kind of need good people, people that would add value, bring value to the business, whatever that looks like. So I think for me, this is, you know, as simple as that, this is the why. You need the right people in the right certain roles, in the right certain teams to be able to kind of fulfill the business mission. 
Yeah, makes sense. Okay, and how do, how do you balance, or how do you maintain a balance for between caring for employees and driving this performance-based culture? Yeah, so this is an interesting question because for me, before we even talk about performance-based approach, is like, what is performance, right? And the kind of the very clear definition is how well you do a certain job or a certain task or a certain project, right? And what does well mean, right? For you, well might be, I don't know, uh, 70% of the task done. For me, well would be if we hit the target that we needed. And for someone else, that would look very different. So for me, before we even start kind of taking care of the employees, we kind of need to think about what is it that we want to achieve? Because performance on itself is such a nice word, right? But if you don't attach a definition or a certain criteria or a certain outcome that you want to see, it doesn't mean anything. So who define what well means? That's for the business, right? Whatever is important for them. Um, and I think at the essence of that, if we're giving clarity to employees, if we're giving people uh, something to hold on to, to understand what they're being assessed for, what is expected from their roles, what do we want from them, that gives them certain clarity, ease of mind, and um, hopefully that would look uh, for them as something that is putting them first and caring for them. Because for me, at the heart of it is if the person doesn't understand what they're going, sorry, what they're working towards or what they want to do, then they're complete, like they're lost, they're confused, and therefore they don't feel like people are hearing them or caring for them at the business. So I think to be able to maintain that is really to give them the clarity of what they need and what is it that is expected from them. And I think it starts from defining performance first. And I think this is some of the, one of the challenges that you face with companies, like defining performance, defining what we really want to achieve. And you know that's like, for me, the, the first step of, of everything. And what, what's the knock-on effect on this approach and how that impacts the company culture on a larger scale? Yeah, so I think um, trying to kind of um, reframe your question. So what you're asking if it's like on a the big culture, like what is the impact on a culture as, as itself? Yeah. Um, I think there is an impact because you're defining what you're expecting from roles, right? You're, expe you're, you're defining what you're expecting from people. So I think for me, it's at the heart of it, the foundations of what you want to achieve for your culture, right? And it's very much different. There's no right or wrong question. Some companies would prioritize social interactions and would prioritize morale and therefore performance for them would be team player and would be someone that goes above and beyond to help their, their team members or someone that is very much engaged in social interactions. Other companies will prioritize different things in their culture like um, technical abilities because at that time and place, the business really needs strong people, strong technical abilities to be able to deliver um, um, the things that they need to deliver on. So I think what are you optimize as a company is such a crucial element within it. Like what do you need as a company nowadays or in the stage that you're in and going backwards from that. And I think it's the, the more kind of the more the culture is well-defined, the better it is or the easier it is to find the people that would basically enhance that culture because they will understand what they're going through, what they're going towards uh, and what is expected from them. So I'm not sure if it kind of answered it, but uh, just giving more perspectives to it. 
No, it absolutely does. No, thank you. And I think a lot of our audience are, of course, in talent acquisition or people or HR, and some of us struggle sometimes um, with coming into a business or working in a company and wanting to take some of the approaches that you're discussing here. Is getting that buy-in from managers because you can't one person can't make this happen. It has to be a company effort. So, how do you ensure you get that buy-in for the managers and really drive this concept home? Yeah, and I think the buy-in is so crucial. So what do they get out of it? What is their game, right? Every time that I have an interaction with someone, I ask them, what do you want to achieve? What is important for you? How can I help? So I think it starts from like very clear communication about what is needed um, and what are their pain points, right? Because every manager at the end of the day or every individual in a company just wants to get the job done. They don't want too much conflict. They don't want too much work added onto their place. They just want to be able to work things around. And I think our functions as people, HR, talent, is really to support the business and enable them to do better work. And I think this is coming down to kind of building relationships and really identifying what are the pain points, what are the struggles, what do people need, and really tailor that messaging around everything that is around performance-based culture or the rationale to start putting more processes around it and how that's going to help them as individuals, as managers, as team leads, as leadership. Um, and it's not an easy thing to have. So for everyone who hears us, it's not like, you know, one conversation and you get that. It's building trust over time. It's getting those small wins with managers to help them understand why this approach is helping them. Because all of a sudden there's less poor performance issues or less attitude, or it gives them more time to focus on their work because their team are very well um, constructed and they're aware of what they need to do. And they're very clear on what they need to deliver. So all of a sudden, all these elements, you need to connect all the dots for the manager and really understand what drives them to be able to kind of convey that message um, well enough. And can you share some strategies for translating these high-level concepts into actual actionable plans? Um, Yeah, I'll start maybe from like a manager's perspective. So then Mm. um, it will be slightly more um, relevant for people. So the first is really to identify what is important um, in the team. So what are your um, expected outcomes, deliverables? What do you expect every team member of yours to to achieve? And really be clear with them. So providing that clarity is important. That could be um, internal job specs, right? That could be in the format of goals. So setting goals for your teams. You'd be surprised how many people generally in companies just ignore goals and you just are sucked into the day-to-day and you don't really think about what's ahead and how my work kind of interacts with the bigger kind of business goals. So that could be, again, two ways to just provide that clarity. That could be more conversations, right? And then attaching it to um, the performance elements that are important for us. And again, as I said before, performance is not just about technical abilities. It's about also soft skills. It could be about your attitude. It could be about the values that are important for the business, the behaviors that are important for the business, anything that has to do on a bigger level, on a cultural uh, perspective, and what was defined by the company first. So if you don't have that, find those things that you can rely on, which most companies have values. So how values are being demonstrated or manifested through the work of your colleagues, help them connect them back to the bigger mission, bigger purpose, um, and help them understand with real examples from their work, what is expected from them. So on the very kind of basic level from a manager employee relationship is that providing the clarity that they need, ask the questions, where do you find the gaps in your roles? Where do you find the lack of clarity and how I, as your manager can give you more of that. So that's like on a very um, manager employee level on a company level. I think it's, 
better defining the foundations of the culture, right? And define what is important for us as a company. And then one step at a time, not to try and make cultural shocks for the business and big cultural changes, is to think about how can I start to link all the different things in the company, all the different components of a company into those foundations around performance. So giving an example, there are so many different processes in a business. So you have peer reviews, 360s, salary reviews, you have career reviews, you have promotions uh, recommendations, you have lots of wonderful things that are happening on a kind of a yearly cadence. How do you make sure that the actual content within each of these processes, each of these reviews, each of these guidelines to managers and to employees contains one or two things that link back to the foundations of the culture that we want to achieve in the business? And you know, I'm not making an assumption for anyone. I don't know if people really think through making that link across so many different processes, but we, we should, because what you're doing by doing so, you're creating more clarity for people and you're basically re-emphasizing or strengthening your position of what is important for the business. And again, performance-based culture could mean so many things, but if you're in stating that again and again in different ways because of the different um, processes and guidelines that you have as a business, it just sends a really strong message. And it's, it's much more clear this way to people. Um, so starting small could be just rethinking the, the questions that we ask in a 360 review. What are we asking that links back to the foundations of the culture that we're trying to achieve here? And do you have any kind of um, anecdotal examples of challenges that you face personally when introducing this concept to businesses at all? Yeah. <laughs> you always face challenges when you're uh, trying to kind of um, instill new ways of working or new ways of thinking. And one of the biggest challenges that I faced many times in the past and throughout probably the 10 years that I've been working in this field is how people link personal relationships to professional relationships. And that's a really hard one and a really complex challenge that we have um, as HR, but also as individuals, because all of a sudden you go into a workplace, right? And you find your colleagues. Um, it might be your direct reports. It might be peers. You really, you know, enjoy their company. You might meet them after worked hours. And then there is a friction. There is a conflict. Something happens with a project. Something happens with performance. And, and you actually need to make a professional stand um, on that individual. And you simply can't because you're friends with them. So in that specific challenge, two things happen most, most likely is one, they avoid a problem because they're friends. So given an example of something that I've had, I've had a manager and a direct report that were so, so close, really, really great friends. And every time their direct report did something which was not in alignment to what we wanted in terms of the business, whether it's performance, whether it's aligning to policies and procedures, that kind of manager just brushed it away and said, oh, no, 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 don't worry. I've got it under control. No worries. So basically, we had little visibility on that person's um, responsibilities, performance, understanding of the business needs. Um, and I think that was really hard because how do you convince this person, this manager, to really think about what's going to be beneficial for the business, for the team, for the individuals, right? So that's one, one kind of um, uh, challenge that you have. And the other one is, when managers actually come to me and say, I don't know how to do it. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm scared of offending someone. I'm scared to make a decision that might determine someone's um, you know, career because my actions, my words, my decisions might lead to a potential dismissal or someone going into a poor performance or even cases of like poor mental health. So how do you kind of navigate all these really small nuances around the human nature, right? Because the heart of it is just one person not wanting to hurt another. Um, so I think this is such a big challenge that I'm facing all the time in any company. Um, and there's no right or wrong way to go about it. Um, but if I may, I can give some tips uh, to our listeners um, and try to kind of um, start to work towards um, resolving these, these, these challenges. So yeah. I think one of the biggest things that I'm sharing with managers is how sustainable this is for you. Because I'm at the end of the day, I'm a support function, right? So I don't leave that and breathe that on a daily basis. I don't see the poor performance or the uh, toxic behavior or the lack of uh, right attitude that we want to see in the business. So you as a manager came to me and told me that there is an issue, but you're not sure how to solve it. So I'm asking them how sustainable that is. Can you survive three more months like this? Can the business survive? Are the roles are critical that if you know we fail or this person doesn't deliver, you know how bad is it? And sometimes people come to the conclusion that it's not business critical, that it's something that we can manage in the time being. And that's great. So then they park that issue and we move with our lives until the next kind of conflict. Some people say in that conversation, you know what, actually, it's detrimental, detrimental to the team. And then at that point, I think we're starting to kind of break the concept of individuals and roles. So individuals, regardless of who they are, they can be wonderful people, great people, but it's just not might be the right fit for the role. So kind of separating those two concepts of individuals and what we need for a role is very crucial in that understanding. So this is what I would recommend to people first is just asking what are the risks if we're not going to deal with this issue? And can you deal with that? Can you sustain that? Can you really uh, tell me now that on an HR level, um, the risk is something that we can sustain? And if not, then we can deal with it. And then the second one is, can we start breaking those concepts of the personal relationship and the role requirements? It made me think then, uh, your example of perhaps a manager being too close to a team member and, and then still trying to manage them. When I worked uh, at one recruitment business, I was promoted up. And so I became a manager to people who I'd been working on the same level with. And it was incredibly difficult because, and I'd still maintained uh, a high social element with them, probably too much. And then, but then at the same time, if you're going to be trying to direct them or pull them up when things are uh, not going well, it's very difficult because you, you almost lose a bit of credibility. When I moved on to my next position where I started as a senior person, I made sure to keep that uh, divide and that kind of that relationship very different. So I perhaps wasn't so social with the people I work with. And now I've evolved to just not wanting to manage anymore because it's too hard. So uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, <even laughs> like it's uh, definitely a common thing. Yeah. And I think this is such a, you know, an interesting outlook on management as a whole, you know, because sometimes people feel that, you know, I'm coming to be a manager and people will do my job or people will help me do my job better or everything will be really great. And Sadly, um, we're not here, you know, to talk about all the good stuff because when things are going well, there are no frictions, there are no conflicts, everything goes well, right? And when you do have those moments where it's challenging times, that's when I think the company, the people team, the managers, the people are being assessed, whether they actually care about the person, when the, whether they treat them respectfully, 
whether they share an honest feedback about what's going wrong and whether they make sure that if it goes to that point of like parting ways, if we treat them fairly. And management, I always say that to people, management is not just fun. This is part of those dilemmas that you'll have to face as a manager in one way or another. So maybe not this specific dilemma of like being, you know, with your peers and then being promoted, but having those personal relationships and all of a sudden something comes up and there is a friction there that you actually need to manage because you're the manager and the authority at the end of the day lies with you. Um, and, and, you know, people are complex. And I would say that here um, proudly that this is what's interesting me, interesting for me in this role, because there's no one day that I can get in and do a checklist in the box or to say one case is very similar to another because people respond in different ways. People react in different ways. People need certain things that are, you know, sometimes very different to one another. And this is what keeps me going. And I think this is what managers need to understand. Um, We need to look at every situation on an ad hoc basis. And that kind of, for me, is exactly to the point of what we said before. That's for me is caring is to look at the individual and really think about what's going to be best for them. Um, and, and simple as that, be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And I, um, I don't want to digress too much into the management side, but again, it's just making me think. And I think for me, uh, and the good managers I've worked with, and here is the challenge. And I was a challenge, whatever type of relationships I had uh, with my employees, I was very invested in, in my people, but actually probably t- so much so. And I think the thing I would say to managers is that you all always care about your probably employees more than they'll care about you because the relationship is very different. You know, it's a transactional one. And so you can feel quite let down by as a manager sometimes by employees when, and you maybe expect too much of people because you, because of how you feel about them. I don't know if that's something that's come up for you or you've seen before. Yeah, sometimes that happens as well. So there's certain expectations. And at the end of the day, managers are also employees in the business. So mm-hmm. sometimes we expect too much from them as well. And we feel like their roles um, is everything, right? It's like the mentor, the guide, the coach, the actual manager, the ones that give me feedback, the one that pushes me for my growth and development. And to be honest with you, that's just simply impossible, impossible for one person to hold all these roles. Imagine yourself on a personal level, having only one friend that you address for every single thing that you have, right? That's that's very rare that we hear about this, right? So we have men, multiple friends, those friends that we go um, to parties with, those friends that are there to support us when the time's getting a little bit rough, those friends that we laugh together, those friends that we just know from like, you know, past experience and they live with us, you know, our neighbors or stuff. So I think also from a managerial perspective and from an employee perspective is to thinking about what can my manager give me and then ask for that. And I think, again, goes back to having honest conversations. And something that I want to say in terms of linking us to the concept of performance, um, when you truly, truly kind of create that clarity of what is expected and what is needed, and it's something really, you know, really tough. We're saying this here now, just give people clarity. You know, this is something that I work with managers day in, day out. Give your employees clarity on what they should be doing. You know, that's a huge task on its own. But once you have that, it's so much more easier to have a meaningful conversation around your performance because you have something to refer back to. You have something to assess them against. You can be honest with them to say, hey, this is where I see the pain points. This is where I see your strength. This is where I see the gaps and you need to get better. This is where I don't. And I think that trusting relationship would lead to having more or or, or for people to be much more receptive 
to to have those tough conversations sometimes because you're working towards giving the clarity day in, day out. So when the time comes and there is a friction, you have something to refer back to. You've already established that relationship and it's so important. Yeah, love it. Thank you so much. And if we if, if we go back to, I suppose, the main topic, I suppose, the how do you assess whether a team or function is ready for this kind of shift or does it does it matter? You've got to do it either way. Um, <laughs> you kind of answered it. I think it, it, it's either or, right? So either the company says, this is where we're going, right? And we're starting bottom up, right? Uh, sorry, we're starting top down. And we say, this is what's important for us as a business. We believe that the business is ready for whatever reason, or even if we're not ready, this is what we believe is the right approach. Um, and that needs to be backed up by actual processes and guidelines and templates. So it's not just like a word of mouth to say, hey, we're going into a performance-based culture. What does it mean? Again, going back to defining uh, the performance and defining what are those processes that we're going to put in place as a result of that kind of cultural change. Um, the flip side of that was what you said. It could be, um, again, bottom-up approach. So you see that certain managers are a natural leader around these areas. And that's how they assess their teams. That's how they um, uh, interact with their team members. So they've identified people's strengths for uh, in different areas. They've identified roles that they should be in those roles. Um, they are being very clear about what is necessary in their roles and what are the deliverables that they're expected to see. They're giving them goals. So this is where I would say just enhance the work. Give the managers and the employees more tools to do what they do. Uh, and don't force anything on a company level because, um, you know, an umbrella approach doesn't work in these cases because you need to trust your managers to manage your employees. So you want to give them the foundations of the templates and processes. And in a second, I can share a, a bit about, about that. But it's really listening to the managers and the team leads to say, if your team is ready, we don't need to wait for the business to be ready. I can support you on a personal, on a professional level to help you get the team where they want to be. So I think if people from the HR um, uh, team would go and look for certain teams and go and talk to these team leaders about what they're doing to enhance people's work, they will find that the managers on their own, you know, started to implement certain processes that are not necessarily a company-wide processes. So then how do you tap into that? So instead of creating something from scratch, think about what's going well already in, the, in, the, in those teams or in the company as a whole, if that's the case, and how do you enhance that? How do you continue to support the managers, the individuals to provide more resources to help them do what they do? Um, so it's kind of a fine balance um, depending on the approach that your company is taking you. And I know this is not... Um, you know, sometimes we have little to no control on it, right? Because if the company decides that's the direction and people are not bought into it, then you need to start, again, having those conversations with people, look at the pain points and help them or explain to them how that's going to help them. Um, and it's, again, not a job that you can do in one day or one week. It's months sometimes to really see the fruits of your labor. Fantastic. And I guess look, the final question would be, what advice would you give to leaders or people professionals who are looking to adopt a similar approach to what we talked about today in their organizations? Yeah, so I would say incremental changes uh, for sure. So uh, just take it one step at a time. Don't try to move or shake the boat uh, with everything just because sometimes we commit to so many different things, but we don't follow through. And that's really important for us to be able to follow through. So I would say 
think about what's most important for you as a business and then starting very slow, being very clear on what you do. So for example, that could be redefining values, okay? That could be restating what's important for us. So if we're prioritizing or optimizing for performance, um, you know, in the next career review, that's, those are the questions that we're going to ask. We're going to ask questions that are relevant to the performance-based approach that we're going to have. And then the next time that you have salary reviews, instead of giving incremental, you know, uh, increases to everyone, you're going to say we're prioritizing those people that are basically aligned to the performance approach that we have and help managers to better define what it means. So with every single thing that you do as a business, whether it's peer feedback, whether it's um, a new policy or new guidelines that you're introducing, think about, again, what is sits underneath it all in the performance-based approach and just start from that. So starting very, very small, giving clarity on that and then building on top of that. And what I would also say is make sure that you assess it and make sure that it's going towards the direction that you want to see. So have those conversations with team leads, have those conversations with employees to say, what are your thoughts around this? Because we, we're doing a lot of cultural changes and sometimes it's really, really hard to understand that point in time where the change has happened, right? Because you're introducing more research here, more policies there, you're introducing these new values, you're introducing a manifest around what, what is it that we're trying to achieve as a business. But if you do regular conversations with individuals and managers, you send certain surveys around you know, the questions that you want to assess, then you can get more tangible information and data that you can assess throughout the time and not just checking it out in like nine to 12 months time or even more than that. So if you do that on a regular cadence, then you can really identify um, if there are gaps or if it's working really well. Love it. Thank you so much. We've managed to fit so much into a 28-minute conversation. Uh, so yeah, really, really helpful. Thank you so much for being a part of Talent and Growth. Thank you so much, Paul, for inviting me. We've got one more episode left of the year. It'll be out Thursday. Make sure you don't miss it. Hit subscribe, hit follow, don't miss a thing. See you next time.